and welcome to the AfterSpark Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Else. And I'm Spex. And today, we're not actually talking about G1, but it's more like G1 adjacent. It's G1 point... it's G1 season 2.5.75 or whatever. Today, we're actually talking about the Japanese Transformers uh, original video animation, Scramble City. The 1986 original video animation, or OVA, released to advertise a then new line of Transformers toys in Japan, and it also sort of works as a recap for the series. So even if it wasn't released specifically to advertise the movie, it certainly didn't hurt. I feel like that's a thing I saw pop up multiple times as people were like, oh, it was made to advertise the movie, and it was not quite. (laughs) I don't know. You're the one who did the research on that, so... (laughs) We'll post a link of a fan-translated copy on YouTube that's been uprezzed, and what we believe is the original source. There's links! Link A, link B. <laughs> there will be links in the show notes. And just to be clear, we cannot read or speak Japanese and are working off a fan sub, so we're calling it as we see it, quite literally. <laughs> Many apologies if for inaccuracies, if there are any. Chronologically, this definitely takes place before the movie, and due to the presence of Ultra Magnus, we can only assume it happens after season two. Well, I mean, there's also the Protectobots, so. We start with an opening created from footage from the American opening and the first couple of episodes. Also, the Japanese theme song fucking slaps. Yep. Our Japanese narrator begins today's tale with a summation of the G1 cartoon. Including playing direct scenes from the Japanese dub of the series. This goes on for seven minutes out of a 23 minute runtime. So Decepticons bad, Autobots good. The Autobots escape Cybertron, the Decepticons then follow. Decepticons forcibly board the Ark, the ship crashes, and everyone's unconscious for four million years. And then a volcanic eruption shakes things up at the Ark and brings Teletran online leading to both the Autobots and the Decepticons being revived in the present day. Or the then-present day of 1984, whatever. (laughs) The Constructicons are super important here, guys. And this is because the OVA is based around the Combiners and the City Formers specifically, so we kinda need to establish Devastator as a big deal going in. He is so important, guys. So important. He is called the Invincible Giants. Which is a great title, uh, but no offense to the Japanese cast or anybody who grew up watching that dub. I really think the English uh, voice acting is better. <laughs> or at least it's more distinct, but that could also just because we're way more used to the English cast. And I am certainly very, very biased in this regard, and I freely admit that. Onward towards the actual plot of this special. The Autobots are working on a secret project, Scramble City, to combat the increasing Decepticon threat. We see various Autobots and their human allies working on the project. And to our knowledge, this is the only time Carly and Chip are seen in the same shot together. They don't have a single line. And that's a serious wrap on Chip, folks. Chip was evidently going to be included in an episode of the Japanese Headmasters cartoon, so an unused adult design for him does actually exist. We will also post a link in the show notes. This is the first appearance of Ultra Magnus, who is in charge of this project. And uh, we get to see him do what he does best, directing and organizing others. He looks like a very serious and competent man. Which is basically his entire character in a nutshell in G1, so there you go. 
He is a red, blue, and white bot who transforms into a semi-truck with a car carrier trailer. This allows his original toy to carry other vehicle mode transformers. He's uh, kind of actually like a playset. He is also a redeco of the same toy that Optimus Prime is based on. Actually turning into a white version of Optimus Prime, and then you kind of deconstruct the trailer and put that on top as armor. Sometimes he and Optimus are brothers in other continuities, likely inspired by this fact. And then sometimes they have an extremely complicated family relationship. They definitely do in car robots. The narrator tells us that this base at least partially exists to give birth to combiner warriors, but both the Protectobots and Aerialbots already exist, and the remaining Autobot combiner team in Season 3 is built on Cybertron. So it's pretty useless as a combiner factory, then. I mean, it makes me want to head desk. <laughs> and it is, it's just a weird line. Like, perhaps this is used in the Headmaster cartoon and we're just not aware of it, but otherwise this just go comes out of nowhere and goes nowhere. Yeah. And now at the underwater Decepticon base... Megatron has Soundwave send his cassettes out to investigate some weird magnetic fields. Soundwave puts Ravage, Ratbat, and Laserbeak on the job. And this is the first appearance of Ratbat outside the movie. He is a purple cassette that turns into a bat, as you might expect from his name. Then again, you might also expect he turns into a rat instead, I'm not sure. (laughs) He is also a complete and utter bastard in the IDW comics. Yep. He's not that great in the G1 comics either, where... Unlike the cartoon, he has plenty of actual dialogue. He has never been a nice character. (laughs) He is a rat bastard, if you will. Yep. The cassettes investigate, but are fired on by Blaster. Evidently, the Decepticon cassettes were such a threat that the Autobots established a cassette bot unit who's in charge of literally keeping them out of Autobot shit. (laughs) (sighs) The cassette bot unit is basically Blaster and his... uh, Cassettes that we've literally never seen before. This. So he sends out Steeljaw and Ramhorn to attack the con cassettes. Steeljaw is a yellow lion and Ramhorn is a red rhino. The Autobot cassettes are unable to stop Ratbat from getting into the area where the Scramble City project is being worked on. And I have to ask, were the other cassettes in Coffee Break or something? Blaster, why'd you only send out two? Your guess is as good as mine. Thanks to Ratbat's intel, the Decepticons are finally aware of Scramble City, despite all the secrecy around them. And then Megatron commands Devastator to demolish the Autobots' secret factory. And I, again, why bother? They're not actually making anything useful in here. (laughs) Well, we'll probably see something interesting, maybe. Who knows? So the Seekers walk in and Starscream volunteers them, voluntells them, to go to the factory. Story time. Japanese Starscream has a very different characterization than U.S. Starscream. Japanese Starscream, if he was released today, would be a Tumblr sexy man. Probably. Um, to clarify, he does not have the same kind of screechy voice that we're used to, and he has more of a pretty boy demeanor. It's very strange um, in comparison to what we're used to. I also find it really, really funny to hear him call Megatron Megatron-sama. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Ark, Teletran picks up on the Decepticon movements and alerts the Autobots. Optimus, Jazz, Smokescreen, Warpath, Trax, and Ironhide move out to intercept the cons. <sighs> this is like the last time we see some of those guys, it feels like. It kind of is, yeah. <laughs> A fight ensues, as you might expect, and Optimus's trailer takes this opportunity to flee, disappearing into the dust. 
uh, dust to dust. Poor trailer. We only knew you so long. We... Okay, I'm sorry. My brain went like near <laughs> As the trailer like fades into the smoke in, in, in slow motion or something. <laughs> Starscream orders the newly arrived Constructicons to form Devastator, which they do, handily sending all of the Autobots flying. Ultra Magnus, who has been monitoring the fight, sends out the aerial bots to assist. The Decepticons retreat, pissing Megatron off, who definitely is blaming Starscream today. Megatron sends out the Stunticons next, or the Stunticon troops, as they're called in the subtitles. And this is the first and last time that we see that the Stunticons have their own base. The Autobots and Decepticons clash on the battlefield again. The Aerialbots form Superion and give the Stunticons the boot. The Stunticons then form Menasaur to fight back. The two combiners show off their ability to swap around who's currently functioning as their limbs, sending limbs flying around the battlefield under their own power. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I believe this was part of the whole, like, advertising the new toys thing here was this mechanic. Scramble city! They can scramble their limbs! <laughs> God. I, I think the city was also literally called Scramble City. I don't know. Don't quote me. Anyway. <laughs> the aerial bots are mostly able to hold their own after some help from Optimus. At least until the Combaticons show up and form Bruticus. Optimus calls for help from Ultra Magnus and the Scramble City project. And as soon as the requisite safety checks, because you cannot be Magnus, Ultra Magnus and not do the requisite safety checks, uh, as soon as those have been performed, Ultra Magnus commands Scramble City to mobilize. He also sends the Protectobots out ahead to help the others. The mobile fortress wrecks some environmental havoc as it moves towards Optimus and Co.'s location. Superion is getting his ass kicked until the Protectobots and Scramble City arrive. The city transforms, revealing a giant-sized transformer, Metroplex. Well, I guess the whole Scramble City thing was just their excuse to have a giant-ass baby. <laughs> <sighs> Metroplex is able to easily defeat the two combiners, which, I mean, he could probably just sit on them. <laughs> when, <clears throat> unexpectedly, a giant robot dinosaur emerges from beneath the ocean! Gojira! Gojira! This is Trypticon, and his sound effects are actually from Baragon, which is a different kaiju. But still a kaiju. And as Metroplex and Trypticon prepare for an epic face-off, giant-ass robot versus giant-ass robot dinosaur, it just ends. This is the end of the OVA. Roll credits. And that's all, folks. This cliffhanger gets no kind of continuation. Or got no kind of continuation until Transformers Legends Volume 42 in 2017. Well, that was a thing. It was very definitely a thing. <laughs> there was all this buildup and then nothing. Splat. It falls flat on its face. I'm really curious why this decision was made. Like, was it an effort to be like, buy the toys and make your own ending, kids? It just seems like such an odd decision. <laughs> I mean, maybe they were hoping for... Uh, more funding for a second part, and then they never got it? I don't know. And we don't really know why. We can't really find anything on the DF Wiki, nor why a second part was ever released, or if there was ever a plan to release a second part in the first place. Mm -hmm. I don't even feel like I can necessarily recommend watching this, but it is easily found free online. It is certainly a negative Transformers media. So take a look at it if you're interested. 
And I do have a fan art rec for today. Our recommendation for today is Billy M or Cosmic or Cosmic Danger Zone. We will be posting links to their Instagram, Kofi, Redbubble, Twitter, their website. And if I can find anything else, I will post that as well. The stuff I primarily saw from them was IDW. And I think they utilize some nice blending of vibrant colors with some excellent line work to create some really lovely scenes with the IDW cast. So one example is this picture of Whirl, which just, again, has some very lovely colors going on uh, with Whirl and the memory flowers and kind of almost what looks like kind of an Aurora Borealis effect going on behind him. They made some really cute charms that they had posted work of. I particularly like their really grumpy, angry ratchet, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also got Sunstreaker and his uh, bug, his bug pet. My brain is not working. What's his bug pet's name? Was it literally Bob? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I was like, I'm I feel like sure it was a really Bob. generic name and I don't remember. <laughs> We've also got Riptide and Jazz playing a, t a guitar and drift with his swords and and and, and cherry blossoms mm -hmm. and i'm not sure who the last one is it might I'm not actually not sure either I, white and blue and i think it might not be a transformers character unless it's specifically their character i don't know but they're very cute yeah and the last one is actually a piece for the snapshots tf zine and yeah. it is um they're having the moon base squad <laughs> they're having a water fight <laughs> I, I don't know who's winning, but but I, I feel like Fortress Maximus is definitely losing. Yes, he got a he's he got a sponge to the to the optics. <laughs> Poor guy. But uh, Red Alert definitely looks like he looks like he's having a more relaxing time. Which is good for him. Uh, if, if you haven't seen the IDW comics, the poor man deserves a break. Yeah. <laughs> he was dealing with some serious shit. I mean, he basically attempted to commit suicide at one point, so oh, yeah, yeah. It was pretty dark. <laughs> and with that, please join us next time for The Transformers, the movie. Or Transformers, let's traumatize all of the children. As you do. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcasts, such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Spex. And I'm Alice. Tills. And several school children ended up at Space Circus, where the children may have been enslaved.